Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we just watched Season 7, Episode 1, titled Dragonstone. Aaron, what'd you think? It's 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 back. It's back. I, li- I mean, I liked it. Um, so I want to say a couple things. Number one, uh, it started with a bang. Arya slaughtering mm-hmm. the entire Frey family, which is... I think confirmation of like at least the result of where we thought the, if you're a book reader the uh, Grand Northern conspiracy was going kind of mm-hmm. like the fast forward streamlined Cliff Notes edition. Okay, uh, I like seeing uh, Danny uh, re- regain her ancestral uh, homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little worried about Sansa. A little worried about Sansa learning a lot from Cersei. What did she yeah. learn? Uh, probably not all good things. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I thought it's interesting that the Lord of the Lights already is whispering in the uh, the Hound's uh, ears. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what? Uh, so that's what I think. What? It, uh, and I got a couple other comments. Obviously, um, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I thought it was a solid beginning to the season. You know, they 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 oversold me a little bit um, going into this season. They said, "Oh, every episode's going to be a hard home." You know, right. essentially. And I'm like, "This is not a hard home. No, it it's, was not. it's not close to it." But it was good. It set up a lot of stuff. Um, it, it does have an insane body count. It does have an yeah. insane body count. Yeah. And, I mean, some of the stuff was just plain awesome. Like, the Arya scene was great, and then we go over to see the white giants. Yeah. Uh, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. I can't wait for those things to get into action. And, I, like, we've we've had all this discussion, like, oh, is Bran going to bring down the wall, right? Uh-huh. Like, is, they seem to just gloss right the fuck over that, which right. surprised me. There was no right. talk of it at all. Um, right. <clears throat> but does it matter when you got a bunch of undead giants pounding on it anyway? <laughs> I don't know. And and no one to guard the walls. I mean, that was, yeah. I guess, uh, what John was trying to take care of there in his, his uh, wartime meeting of the North. And some pretty nasty visions for the Hound. Yeah. He sees not good things happening at the wall. Yeah. Well, not just the wall. Uh, East Watch by the Sea, they talk about the, yeah, the, castle, there. the castle all the way, which is the one that... Uh, there's one closer to hard home that John's worried about. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, too, was like, this is a solid opener for your standard uh, season of Game of Thrones. But, like, it's also one-seventh of everything we're going to get this year. So I yeah, guess I was, just, I was surprised that none of the antagonists actually came into contact this episode. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing that surprised me is that Jamie Cersei relationship still seems just as strong as ever. Uh, that really shocks me coming out of last season. Yeah, knowing what we know about Jamie and Cersei's actions here. Yeah, especially with Jamie like mugging behind the throne as Euron's hitting on his, you know, his sister lady. Yeah, He's like, Ew. and I'm like, come on, Jamie, come on. Apparently, Euron over the break like lost a bunch of weight and also <laughs> joined a goth rock band from the '90s. I don't know what kind of fucking pants he's wearing, but it's typo negative all the way. Yeah, he's guy liner and some black nail polish away from uh, <laughs> totally. being the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> being the lead in like uh, Queen of the Damned, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, you know that's appropriate for someone courting Cersei. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. She might be the queen of the damned. She is. Da- she's. She's the damned queen. There's no <laughs> possible way that she gets out of no. any. Like I don't know. Maybe she'll. Maybe she'll live this season. Uh, but there's no way she makes out a story. Uh, yeah. Without reaping a, a healthy dose of what she's sown, mm-hmm. which is uh, shit. Um, which, by the way, so what did you think of? Um, what did you think of Sansa and John? I actually liked that scene a lot. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Because I, I found myself 
agreeing with John as far as the form, like, you yeah, know, maybe not question my decisions right in front of everybody, but I also uh, kind of was find myself agreeing with Sansa as far as function. Like, maybe you should punish the houses that betrayed you and give their lands and titles to somebody else. Yeah, I thought... Like, what the hell? Hmm. What what kind of message are you sending to your people? Yeah, you're... Well, I, I mean, if... Look, if little John had been there, if mm-hmm. the other dude who betrayed him, <laughs> <Yeah>! like, <laughs> it would have gone way different. The the MC, yeah, would have been off the hook. He just been, yeah, it's like, he's like, uh, little little John, please rise. What? It had taken like thirty minutes just in that one scene. Uh, but if little John Umber had been there, it, it would have been very different, right? He would have killed little John. Small John, like, yeah, sure. Small John is that his name? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> young John, young young Jeezy, young Jeezy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If he had been there, he would have killed him, right, for his betrayal. But I think he makes a valid point too. Like, okay, so like, is it the actions of the house or is it the actions of one person that yeah. he wants to punish? And I think he couldn't punish the actions of that person; they were already dead. Right. So, and as Sansa pointed out, dead fighting your armies. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. I he mean, needs I, to reward, I guess, the people who fight for him in other ways. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what that it is. Like, give them, you know, the red keep or something. <laughs> no, I give them Casterly Rock when he finally takes it. Yeah, I just feel like that Sands has got some points there, and mm-hmm. maybe John would do well to listen to. And the thing is, like, I mean, I talked a lot about in the preview podcast. Like, I really hope we don't see a Sansa and John betrayal standoff schism. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that they're at least hinting towards that. Now that might be some just like you know to just to, just to keep us fans a, a Twitter uh-huh. on Twitter. Um, but I, I I saw a little bit more conflict there than than I was supposing. Um, yeah. I also like the fact that uh, Tormund is still hot for Brienne, <laughs> and is, Brienne still yeah. has no fucking clue what to do with it. I think Tormund just wants to fight Brienne. I mean, honestly, he's so fight, jealous fuck, of whatever of like, Pod. Right. Right. Yeah. I think maybe he equivocates Mm -hmm. those two things. Mm -hmm. Is that the word for it? I don't know. I I don't think Brienne has ever been on the other end of, like, I don't think, like, she's wanted men before. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she really had this torch for Rindley Baratheon. Right. Uh, I don't know that she's ever been courted before. Like, in in, in jest plenty of times uh, to her humiliation, but, like, uh, the idea of like you know what do I do if a man likes me? I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if she's equipped for that, but I do find it very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's good watching. Yeah, it's very good watching. Uh, you know what is not good watching? What's that? Sam cleaning up all that shit. Dude, I oh just about got sick the, during that the, scene. The shit montage, especially like I <laughs> like I I I I had this roller coaster of emotions. Like I'm like okay, uh-huh. this is done, and then it just kept on going. I'm like, all right, I'm back on board. Yeah, like yeah. there was a little bit of uh, <sighs> I don't know what do they call it a stomp? You know where they were like making music with the chamber pots oh, and, right. and and yeah. Sam's retching and this. Plus, like the shit and the stew were running <laughs> together, and it's <laughs> yeah, like I ah, didn't know which that... was which at a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and was. Then, I, I don't know because like I literally just came right over here after I got done watching the show, but I think the Archmaster that um, that Sam was speaking to is played by the same guy that plays Professor Slugworth. I think is his name on Harry Potter. He transforms okay. into a sofa. Jim Broadbent, I think, is his name, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So I mean, um, this is a little meta, but anytime they cast like a fairly well known and recognizable name, I think, oh, that's this guy's going to be a major player in this season. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he's also 
he didn't shut the door on Sam for his uh, forbidden, you know, request, but he also mm-hmm. didn't grant them. And then, of course, Sam just, you know, he he steals the keys and serves himself. So right, it felt very much like the Citadel has this um, winter cried wolf too many times uh-huh. sort of attitude uh-huh. about winter like oh they always say it's gonna be the end well i mean he's like what he said is he's right like you know mm-hmm. they said when until they... he's not right right exactly. <laughs> like that's the problem exactly but like you know these guys are men of science and you yeah. know that's the thing like oh well you thought world war one is gonna be the end, then world war two mm-hmm. is gonna be in then fucking the cold war is gonna be in and we're still here yeah um did you find that the 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 thing I found found was that Sam's discovery of the mother load of dragon glass on Dragonstone was a bit anticlimactic? Surely, yes. yes. Surely, that's not the only thing he's going to discover there. Yep. Because if so, like, if that's the the first of all, it's the first episode of, of season seven. No fucking way. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, like. Stan and and the, the damn show told us this. Stannis told us this like two seasons ago. Right. So this isn't new information. Um, yeah, I'm with you. That did not feel like the big reveal I've been waiting for. Right. So he's got to be like again with with Jim Broadbent up there dissecting dudes and and, and weighing livers and the fact that he just got access. There's got to be something else there, and I'm not sure. You know, my 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 bet was that he's going to discover the formula for Valerian Steel or whatever because it mm-hmm. does seem like that is a major plot point this season. We need an ace up our sleeve for the White Walkers, and we know that Obsidian does it. The other thing that we as show watchers know is that uh, Valerian Steel does it. So um, mm-hmm. I guess that would be a nice a nice get for Sam if he discovers this big cache of dragon glass, um, which uh, and then discovers the the, the for- formula for Valerian Steel. Uh, problem: Daenerys is, just landed on Dragonstone. Yeah, she has no idea anything up north is is happening. Yeah, I feel like that raven that Sam sends is meant to push John toward Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, big cash and Dragonstone, and that's uh, that's the other thing is like I was listening to the um, the Ringer podcast, the Watch with Andy and Chris, and they were talking about like one of the things they're excited about is you think about how many how many big names in Game of Thrones have never actually had scenes together. Mm, yeah. You know, it's kind of like if, like, uh, you know, Hank and Walt had not met until the sex. But, you know, Daenerys and Jon yeah. never met. Uh-huh. Never had scenes together. Um, that's, like, an exciting exciting possibility. And I feel like Sam sitting that raven is going to to start that, that path to, to start to converge. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. It's the the logical conclusion. Uh, how do you how do you feel about the the scene with Danny returning home? I thought it would see. I mean, I'm always wondering. Like I was, I I, I lean over my wife when we're watching on the couch. I'm like, is is Amelia Clark actually good? <laughs> okay, because I, I've 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 fought with that since season one. Like I think she's uh-huh. really good at some things, but like. She's really a blank canvas in this in this um, in this episode where it's like she's you know she's got this vacant expression as she lands on the island and touches the soil and looks at the throne and I, I guess like I'm I'm pinning my expectations and my thoughts onto her but like I was I don't know expecting a little bit more emotion I think I was expecting a little more resistance honestly like I didn't expect her to just come to Westeros and land and have a castle. I guess that's I true. I expected her to have to take something in right, Westeros, but right. but she didn't. And so when she landed, to me, it rang like the smallest bit hollow, even though 
during, I got caught up in the moment too. I mean, it is just a like bit, her. You're, you're right. That's like the, the, the music kinda, is swelling. How are you yeah, not? Yeah. But but I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I wish there was some kind of resistance. Right. Like, didn't Stannis leave a Castilian or something? Or like... or I mean, like you know, Jamie knew they were going to be over there. I wish timing had worked right. out to where he could have prov- provided some resistance. To right. Her. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen. No, I feel you on that. Um, and uh, the you know the, although I thought it was a fairly good hammer to have her sitting there at the you know like yeah especially as a book reader and you're looking as like this is the table that her great 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 grandfather Aegon the Conqueror carved his his master vision of one united Westeros with no borders yeah and she's sitting at the head of it and she's got her counselors aside and she's like shall we begin. That was pretty good, and and, and I was kind of shocked because I guess I wasn't ready for the episode to be over. I, I thought <laughs> right. it felt like it was about a 30-minute long episode, but sure enough, it was an hour. Oh, and that, that scene is even better than that because she walks into the throne room. Right. She walks right past the throne. Right. She doesn't sit down like we all expect her to. Right. Which Do you think that's some foreshadowing? I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Like, I'm I'm starting to think more about your theory that she's the, the breaking the wheel means no more rulers right. of Westeros in the typical, like, king-queen right. kind of way. Right, and not just that, but also foreshadowing the fact that she... Because I, I... That was one of my questions, like, when her and John inevitably meet or they exchange ravens, and John's like, hey, yo, cool for conquering, but hey, we got to, you know, these ice zombies and ice giants. We could use some fire-breathing dragons up here. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that leads credence to the fact that she is not overly concerned with the Iron Throne so much as like taking care of business, yeah, whatever that business may be. Absolutely. Um, so I felt good about that. Now, discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Did you get the pathos of the hound when he was going up to the little farmer's croft? Yeah, so they did the previously on. Oh, gosh. Which really helped. I literally got home... Uh, flipped on the because I I ran way late. It, it, it took me way longer than I thought to float down this fucking river. I took my family on this river float adventure. I came home. I like roared into my driveway. I'm soaking wet. I I, I rip off my trunks. I throw on some pajama pants. I sit down and it's literally the HBO static. I'm like yes. I didn't miss anything. Nice. I missed all the previously on. So okay. you got the whole. They did. Yeah, they showed that scene where he killed the guy and stole the silver right. um, when he was traveling with Arya. So yeah, that made perfect sense. So I um. I, I thought that was kind of neat, the fact that he's like, oh, these people don't want to be bothered. And, but then it also seems like the Lord of Light uh, is, uh, you know, he's giving, he's granting the Hound visions the way he would Melisandre or any of the other. That's Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. And I think it surprised Beric as well. Well, also, like, they set up, like, a re- some really good questions. Like, why is Beric special? What is uh-huh. what is the Lord of Light want him to do? Yeah. Um. All I good mean, questions. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, that scene did really well to show how far the Hound has come, right? From being the villain to right. someone you can root for. And someone right. who I did, it, feels guilt and, and understands that he's messed up. Although it does kind of, if I if I take my own medicine, I, I talked a lot about on the second preview podcast about how I'm kind of, kind of, kind of selling my Jamie redemption shares short. 
uh-huh. because I feel like he's, he, you know, at the end of the day, he has to answer for his crimes, right? Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, little light incest with the sister and a kid gets in the way, throw him out the window, no biggie. <laughs> uh-huh. You got your arm cut off, you had some some nice moments in the hot tub with Brienne, you're cool now. The Hound's committed a lot of crimes, too. Yeah. Like, and purely of uh, not something in desperate need, he just did it. Like, he just, he just st- yeah. stole the money from that family. Um, I don't know. Like, I maybe, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the, ha- the shares of the Hound right now. Yeah. I'm not you sure if I'm might buying. Might be buying. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm buying or I'm selling. Um, what did you think? So, how... How comfortable are you? How comfortable are you with the fact that Ed Shireen is canonically a Game of Thrones character now? Ed Shireen? You don't know Ed who Ed Shireen is? He's the singer songwriter of our generation of oh. somebody's generation. He was the Lannister Why? singing as and the camera was he kept, was he okay? And and I was the, gonna say that guy's a pretty good singer. <laughs> and the camera kept on like, hey Ed Shireen, hey, hey I thought Ed it was Shireen. I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced. Is it Shireen? It might be. It, that's what I first of all thought. First of all, I can't pronounce shit. Uh, so it confused me when you said it. But Ed Shireen, I don't know that I've ever heard it pronounced. I've all read right. it. So here's and, I, and, and nine times out of ten, if I only hear or if I only read a pronunciation or if I only read a word, I'll mispronounce it. So here's the thing: I don't know enough about the guy. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard his music. If really? I have, I didn't you know have. it was him. I, you, you can't have lived the last <laughs> five years of that, yeah. right? But I don't. I couldn't name one of his songs, so I'm cool with it. I All don't right. care. Uh, a lot of people. Seems like he's got a baller are. life. Like I, uh, he's got this this scar on his cheek now that I guess. He was partying with like one of the royal family members, and their sword came off the wall, and there was some dueling, and he got his face slit open by a sword from a prince. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, maybe hell, maybe he is a Game of Thrones character. Uh-huh. That sounds like something that you know Ed of House Shuren would 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 do. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Is there? I feel like we've we've covered it. What? Do you think that we're going to start the next episode with Arya have gutted all those dudes? Because I felt like this was Arya starting to rekindle her humanity. Like, not all Lannisters. Like, right. you've had a rum run of luck with these Lannisters, but these are just kids that were no different from you yeah. and have a fairly smart take on the world. Are mm-hmm. you really going to gut these guys like a fish? On the other yeah. hand, it wouldn't shock me if we started next episode and they're all strung up in the trees like a predator. Mm-hmm. And she's gutted them and she's whistling the reins of Castamere as she goes on to King's Landing. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how far they're going to go with with trying to... I feel like it's a fake out for the audience. I don't yeah. think Arya is going to be like suddenly this wholesome kid again. No. Uh, that's that's in her past. I, I think they're, they might be trying to fake us out a little bit with that. So I don't know how far they're going to go with it, but I it's not working on me. It's not working. No, yeah, I mean, I she, want Arya to be the badass. She killed like a hundred phrase this episode. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, I saw the poison coming. I did not actually see the Arya ripping the Walder Frey skin off. Do you think? Um, I mean, do you think she saved Walder Frey's wife just for to deliver the message? Uh, no, yeah, that's probably one reason. But she probably also views them as innocents. Yeah, I, mean, I, then, I don't know that she needs to kill these innocent people. And that's, I guess, that's kind of one of the things I'm low-key hoping for for the end of uh, Game of Thrones is that Arya finds some peace. Yeah. Because she just didn't really... She didn't have a chance, man. She was literally thrown to the wolves. She was. And, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of people... It, it's funny because there's this um, tension in the audience where, like, 
it's really cool to see Arya kicking ass, but then you think this is a very damaged little girl yeah. who has, is spending her humanity to, to, to do these things. Littlefinger is going to come up to her, but are you happy? <laughs> yeah, fuck, get the fuck out of here. Are you happy, Littlefinger? Are you anything? Right. Jesus he won't Christ. be happy till he's on the throne, and that's not going to happen. I won't be happy till he's in the ground. <laughs> How many episodes do you think it's going to take for him to get there? The, the same number of episodes it takes Arya to get to him. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Arya's got to kill him. Arya's got to like kill him said, and take his that's face. That's the other shocker thing is that I thought that we were going to get uh, a Stark reunion in Winterfell. That was one of the things I was really looking forward to. Yeah, in she's not the preseason cast. Back. Like I, I thought that she would at least stop by Winterfell, and there'd be and Bran would get there about the same time, and yeah. you know we'd have the four Stark. Uh, well, yeah, four Stark children. I guess John still is a Stark, even if he's a Targaryen too. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything, everything would be cool. Nah, I mean her going to King's Landing doesn't really yeah. bode well for my little finger face theory. Yeah. Did you see Or so, wish. I don't want to talk about it now, we'll save that for the spoiler cast, but did you see the pre the, the very short preview, but intriguing preview for next week? No, I did not. All right. Well we'll have to watch that before we do our spoiler cast on Friday because okay. I got a whole ga- a can full of gas to talk about just off the fifteen second cool preview that they had. Um yeah, I think yeah. that's about all I got for the instant take. We're going to obviously talk a lot more in depth about this, do yes. a scene-by-scene scene recap on Tuesday, so tune in for that if you're interested. And I probably don't have to tell you this, but uh, also if you want, you got any hot takes, send it to Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Uh, there's also a, a, a forum thread that you can discuss uh, with your fellow fans. Um, and if you want to keep up with all the stuff we're doing, baldmove.com is a great resource, but also we are on social media, facebook.com slash baldmove, and Twitter at baldmove. Yeah, uh, it has started. Winter's here, and that's the other cool thing. I thought that winter's manifestly like maybe not so much in King's Landing, but even mm-hmm. in Old Town, like you can tell that like it's uh, it's a little more overcast. It's turning into Cold Town. It's turning. To, it's 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 turning into Cold Town. That's right. The uh, silver bullet is <laughs> pulled into station. Coors Light for everybody. Brad's <laughs> that's the light. That would that'd be a that would be a pretty funny Super Bowl commercial. Uh huh. Like everybody's chilling and and you know Westeros and the Night King comes in on the silver bullet. <laughs> right. and Man, I know the Gores ice could and make wind start swirling around, and they've they, got the money for that. Yeah, just do it. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Make make Super Bowl commercials great again. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you Tuesday, and until then, I'm Aaron. Yeah, I'm Jim. See you later. This is the instant take, right? Uh, the, yeah, the whole currency, the whole currency, the instant take is to get it, to get it fast. You, you're like you're you're Jones and you're coming down. You're trying to smoke a cigarette after the Game of Thrones. Your hands are shaking. You need a fix, right? Go to the instant take, but you know it's not it's not out till like close to eleven. Hey, if you're a club member at club.ballmove.com, you could watch us record it live. You can't get faster than that unless you're brand and you're going <laughs> to warg into a tree and go back to your father at the Tower of Joy and. CS recorded a podcast 30 years ago or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe you'll fuck up Hodor's brain. Don't want to do that. Just stick with the club. Club.baldmove.com. Not only do you have awesome inst- uh, features like uh, watching us live record the podcast, there's a whole bunch of other extra content. There's ad-free feeds. You don't kill Hodor, you monster. Uh, and you support independent podcasting. The only way we can do these three uh, podcasts, uh, Game of Thrones every week, that you presumably enjoy is because of the generous uh, support from our fans. So go to club.baldmove.com. Hey, we're running a sale right now just for Game of Thrones. Uh, we got a discount for our yearly memberships. Save up to 25%. If you go to club.baldmove.com, do it. 